Welcome to AgriTalk Podcast with me, Philip Keitan. Today we are talking about disasters and climate change. And with me today is Professor Shem Wadiga, who is a retired professor of chemistry from the University of Nairobi. He is currently the advocate of climate change and remediation and resilience building. Welcome to this podcast, uh, Prof. Thank you very much, Philip. Let's start by you telling us a little about what climate change is in the first place. Well, climate change, simply speaking, is the history of the weather. You look at the history of the weather and take a parameter, either temperature or uh, rainfall or humidity, and you record this occurrence every day for the week and then for the month then for the season of three months and for the four seasons which makes a year then you take the average if the average is at zero then you have no climate change if the average goes up on the positive side then we have warming if the average goes down on the negative side then you have cooling and you look at that history for minimum of 30 years the best if you have the data for longer uh, you are blessed and that makes you arrive and conclude that during the last 30 years that time the climate has uh, warmed up or the climate has cooled down okay. and that's what we call climate change okay so how is the situation now has it cooled or it has warmed the climate has warmed mm. but just like rainfall when we the, the weatherman tells you it will rain it does not promise you that it will rain over your head there are some areas of Kenya most of them where the climate is warmer but we have found one particular place like Kieni and another place, Mwanza, where the climate is cooling. We do not know the reason for this. We are still understanding why the, those two sites are cooling. But in those areas, the opposite of warming is taking place. Okay. What are the reasons of warming? What are the causes of uh, this uh, causing the climate to warm? Well, we get a radiation from the sun normally. Mm-hmm. Every one of us and all the planets uh, do get radiation from the sun. So the sun is the source of energy. When there is no gases like carbon dioxide or methane in the atmosphere, then we would expect the average temperature of the earth to be minus 18 degrees Celsius. But because of the presence of gases like carbon dioxide and methane and other gases which we call greenhouse gases, we find that the temperature which I described before is warming. And that warming of the temperature is due to the absorption of these gases, uh, the radiation emitted from the surface of the earth and absorbed by them then they radiate that energy in the longer wavelength in the microwave and all of us 
nowadays have used, or most of us have used, cooking with microwave, and we know that it cooks very fast. So that warming is caused by the absorption of energy uh, radiated by the surface of the earth and remitted back to the surface of the earth, which we call it the energy pump. So what are some of the... Um, wh why is it now um, paramount for us to tame this global warming? It is paramount for us because uh, it is unlike the earth our great-great-grandfathers inherited. And it is our activities which is making the earth becomes hotter and warmer. And if we don't do that, then we are going to have changes in the rainfall season and rainfall pattern. And certainly some of us have noticed up in your backyard that that does not start the way it used to start. Mm -hmm. It has started meandering and sometimes it's shorter, sometimes it's longer. And that causes uh, uh, the food production, the agricultural production, the forest production, and even the fish production become different. And we will have starvation if we don't stop this. Okay. I know when I introduced this topic, I, we said it's about disasters and climate change. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit how, how this climate change has led to disasters. I, I, I like to talk about disasters by looking at the biblical records. The biblical records, you found Joseph, who was fetched from the dungeon by Pharaoh after he had had a dream of seven fat years and seven lean years. And Joseph was able to translate that uh, dream into saying there will be rain and we will have plenty of food for seven years and then there will be no rain and we will have drought for seven years. So they started planning on how to produce more food and when the Israelites were starving they came to Egypt and Joseph was able to give his brothers and sisters the grains. That is El Nino La Nina, which we have heard of many years. It is all in the biblical uh, records. Mm -hmm. The El Nino La Nina in our modern time has varied. It used to be between uh, seven and ten years. Today, the El Nino La Nina frequency is about one and a half years. And with every drought, we have loss of lives. We have loss of animals. We have lost of loss of water. With every heavy rainfall, we have flooding. We have again loss of lives. We have loss of animals and no food. So these are the disasters that are being caused by climate change. Okay. Um, we've also seen a lot of um, the um, a lot of uh, tornadoes and uh, what do we call them? Yeah, cyclones. And cyclones. We've seen a lot of tornadoes and cyclones. How is this contributed by climate change? This is contributed by climate change in this way. The oceans have a way of talking to themselves. We call it tele telecommunication. When the Pacific Ocean is very cold, then we have 
no rainfall. Okay? Mm -hmm. In the sense that the cold in the Indian Ocean is warm. Mm -hmm. Then we get the moisture from the Pacific Ocean being blown by the wind through the Atlantic and to the Indian Ocean. And the, the, from the, the near Congo all the way to the East Africa, we have plenty of rain because the evaporation of the sea, the sea surface vapor is there and it's cooled and brought here. But when the Pacific is warm, then air movement dictates that we have movement from the cold to the hot. Mm -hmm. So in this side, we, have, we, we hope that the Atlantic and the Indian Ocean are cold, uh, cool, and therefore the air flows to cool the Pacific surface temperature. Now, that is the El Nino La Nina description which I've, I've talked about before. But we have also a place when the Pacific is not cool, it's normal, but the Indian Ocean is hot. And when the Indian Ocean is hot, then there's a lot of evaporation of moisture in the atmosphere. The, that evaporation of moisture in the atmosphere has to be cooled and there will be a difference between the temperature in the ocean and temperature on land. Mm -hmm. And when there is hot and warm, then we have the moving of the air from the, 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 the hot and cold, the moving of the air from the cold to the hot. So we have a cyclone. We develop a cyclone. And this is the type of cyclone which hit Mozambique, uh, Zambia, and uh, Zimbabwe recently. That cyclone is really dissipating the heat over the Indian Ocean so that there is less uh, uh, concentration of heat. And that heat has a pump, which is the equator, where the, the sun radiation is highest. And that uh, equator cyclone does not occur bet between 10 degree north or south of the equator okay. but it occurs below 10 degree north or 10 degree south of the equator and so what is happening in 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 uh, Mos Mozambique was also happening in the Gulf of Aden okay is there a worry that uh, some years to come the East Africa will also be hit by a cyclone if we continue like this Unfortunately, or fortunately, the East Africa is in, right in the equator. Mm -hmm. So uh, most of the East Africa will be spared. Okay, because I remember the other day they were giving warnings to Tanzania. Uh, the southern Tanzania, yes. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the cyclone I've described hit also the southern Tanzania, the Pemba area, what have you. Okay. But coming north up to the equator uh, or coming south from Aden up to the equator. We are shielded because we are, we are the one which is causing this. We are the, the heat pump. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So, um, I also understand a lot of farming activities contribute uh, to climate change. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about some of these activities that farmers really need to know. Uh, so, when they're in their farms, they when they see it, they know I'm contributing to, to global warming and maybe this is what I need to do. Mm -hmm. 
to help mitigate the same. Yeah, let me let me start with the animal production. Uh, we have of late shifted our diet to be more protein oriented. So the production of uh, of animals uh, require uh, feeding them, and feeding them requires a lot of uh, tilling of land and planting of grass and what have you. Now the protein that we give to the animal is stored in the body meat and fat but they also have to breathe it out they have to digest it and when they digest it they breathe out carbon dioxide and methane uh, let me give a, a good example to a layman methane gas is what when you pass gas the smell you smell, that is methane, mm -hmm. okay? And animals also pass gas, and they pass urine, and they pass uh, uh, cow dance, okay? So all of that is methane and carbon dioxide, which goes into the atmosphere. That's one with production. When we deforest, we cut the, the uh, carbon dioxide sto storage because Carbon dioxide is what makes the bulk of the pulp of the trees, okay? The, that takes years, 100 years or 200 years of storage until the trees dies. But when we cut trees before 200 years, then we are cutting the cycle of the methane and carbon dioxide in trees. And here again, we produce more carbon dioxide by either burning the, the trees or when they rot, they, they, they again uh, go back to methane and carbon dioxide. So whatever way you think of it, we, we will have that problem. The, the, the other problem which, which we have with the farming is that the way we dig the land, we prepare the land, releases the carbon dioxide in the soil the soil contains a lot of carbon dioxide. And when it is released, because we are destroying the roots and everything, that carbon dioxide is evaporating and going to the atmosphere. And again, uh, we have also the way of uh, uh, planting uh, our maize or, or beans and what have you. When we plow a large area, then we are releasing a lot of carbon dioxide. When we plant beans or maize and what have you, we, try, we are trying to restore the carbon dioxide back to the soil, but it will not be as the same quantity as the one released. So all of these activities that the farmer does has an impact on the release of carbon dioxide and methane. And the reason why I want to uh, emphasize this is that uh, without these gases, the earth temperature would be minus 18 degrees Celsius. But with these gases, we have a livable atmosphere of about 20-25 atmosphere or below, be, uh, above zero degrees Celsius. That livable temperature and comfortable temperature is caused by these gases. But when their concentration is so high in the atmosphere, then they cause the temperature of the surface 
air surface temperature to rise and especially with the rise of the air temperature we begin to have discomfort and we have change in rainfall pattern and we have diseases which are coming we have loss of animals we have loss of people and hence it is up to us to ensure that the concentration of these greenhouse gases is not so high and that is what the world is aiming at now we are trying to make sure that every one of us that that's what we can best to stop the rise of the temperature and maintain the rise to 1.15 degrees Celsius above the 1992 temperatures. For all the things you've described about um, the way farmers contribute to uh, the release of these greenhouse gases, are there ways or solutions you can give them uh, that they can employ in their farms to minimize um, the release of these um, greenhouse gases? You can plant your, your maize or your, your sorghum or your beans without tilling the land. Minimum tillage. Minimum tillage. You can also increase the fact that there are some crops which have leaves which would create cover on the surface of the earth. Mix cropping so that you have those which can give you coverage and reduce the temperature of the soil and hence you reduce the evaporation of the moisture from the soil and hence you have a robust uh, uh, growth of the soil because this plants makes planting will make you have good coverage and good moisture content and also good growth the small scale farmers i would advise that don't use uh, the fertilizer that uh, uh, what we call inorganic fertilizers that will spoil your your, lo- your soil you can increase your crop yield by three to four fold if for every seed you have a punch of cow dung and as you put the 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 the, 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 the seed into the soil you release the cow dung manure manure or compost if you don't have manure and that will increase the moisture content around the crop or the seed that you have or the crop and you'll have yield which will be up to about three or four times if you do not use that. So there are ways that we have uh, devised and the advice is that farming now has become very scientific. The first thing you want to start with is what are the met people telling me? What is the season going to look like? And if the season is going to have plenty of rain, then ask the agriculturalists to recommend for you the seed that will be suitable for your area. <laughs> if it is not going to be rainfall, uh, the rain is not going to be plenty, ask again the, met- the, 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 the cultural people to recommend for you the seed that you would use, which will not require a lot of moisture. Uh, as nature is very flaky, uh, when they say there will be plenty of rain, don't believe in it totally. So don't, therefore, don't put all of your seeds 
with the, uh, your, your, your field, plant all this, uh, the field with the crop that will require a lot of rain. Just in case it fails, mm-hmm. plant the, the, the seeds that will require less rain, okay, or medium rain uh, water, mm-hmm. so that when the, the season ends, you are not left empty-handed. It can, it can start raining and then disappear. So uh, be careful when you are choosing the seeds. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that means don't put all your eggs in one basket. Uh, don't put all of your eggs in one basket, yes. You still need the advice of these people, but... The decision is yours. The decision is yours. Okay. Mm. Um, earlier on you described how our cyclone and tornadoes form mm. and how climate change has mm. contributed to that. Um, there's another uh, disaster that hit the world some time back, mm-hmm. the heat wave mm-hmm. that hits parts of Asia, India. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are these, uh, how did this come about? Is it also part of climate change and global warming? Yes, the heat waves are part of climate change and global warming. This is a, a phenomenon which just occurs that over an area for about a, a week or so, there is no wind. The wind just doesn't come. Mm-hmm. And all you have is a concentrated heat which is coming on. And you have nowhere. So when it, that hits your area, either find a shade or look for a water where you can dip yourself. But don't stay outside on that heat wave because it will drain you and it will kill you. Okay. Mm. Um, as you described the, the cyclones earlier, um, they only happen uh, away from 10 degrees from the equator. Mm-hmm. What about the heat wave? Uh, the, the, the heat wave so far has been in the northern hemisphere. Uh, and India also uh, has suffered from heat waves. Uh, for some reason or another, the wind circulation just disappears and you, uh, you have... Uh, an intense heat which is accumulating but uh, within the equator we, we we are still spared of the heat wave okay yeah so um going forward what is government and non-governmental organization also the un doing to help the world mitigate the rise in uh, the, the greenhouse gases it is a very big uh, uh, topic Remember when we have Trump, he, he, he threw away the convention. He said America was not going to uh, recognize the United Nations uh, Climate Change Convention uh, resolutions and what they had been turn, uh, passed. So every five years there is a convention. And this year we have a convention in Glasgow in the UK, which will be taking place. And there they will be reviewing what activities they agreed on during the past five years and where are we and what needs to be done next. So the the, the global community and the UN member states have resolved to work together to make sure that we do not increase the global climate change by more than 1.15 degrees. And there are actions that are directed at governments 
like the mitigation action. What is mitigation? Mitigation is to really remove the carbon dioxide or reduce the amount of carbon dioxide being pumped into the atmosphere. And that can only be done by governments. In Kenya, we have decided to follow the uh, geothermal path. We have decided to follow uh, uh, wind energy, and we are promoting uh, solar energy uh, uh, above your roof. These are mitigation measures which are being promoted by the government. Then the next thing is for Africa, AU has decided that Africa does not have the resources to do the science of removing the greenhouse gases from the atmosphere. So we are going to concentrate more on adaptation. And you can do adaptation and also mitigate. Because when you plant trees, you are removing the uh, carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and into the trees. So the, the, the preferred uh, uh, way for Africa is the adaptation. And adaptation not, does not belong to the government alone. It belongs to every one of us. It depends on what each one of us does. And for that reason, we have many ways that we can elaborate on, on the methods of adaptation in, in, in the continent that are recommended. But it depends on where you are and what is available and how you can use what is available maximally. Okay. Um, how can we also involve uh, kids at, at an early age to start knowing that they need to help in reducing the amount of greenhouse gases that are meet, that are that are emitted to the atmosphere are there programs that we might help us start help um, passing this information to the children as they grow up knowing this is what they need to do well the next generation is with the children and for that reason the first thing that we need to do is to create awareness to the children what we do and what we should not do and what we can do that if we bring it to them, they will be able to understand, for instance, when we, we have plenty of food and we have food wastage, certainly the kids will tell you who is hungry and they can give that food to instead of wasting it. Because the more wastage you have of food, the more carbon dioxide and other gases you produce. The kids will also tell you we need to plant trees and they are active in planting trees. So the more you involve them, the cooler the, 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 the temperature will be in planting trees, etc., etc. Those are just two examples. But certainly we need to create awareness not only in kids but in everybody of what we need to do in order to avoid the disaster. Okay. Going forward and looking into the future, um, are we expecting the, this disaster or climate change to, to continue being a problem? Or you think the projects and the programs being put in place by governments, uh, um, United Nations and all these organizations will be able to help um, mitigate the increase of uh, greenhouse gases? 
Uh, unfortunately, uh, we have to accept that climate change is not going to be washed away. It is with us, mm -hmm. and it's going to be for a long time because the lifetime of some of these gases in the atmosphere is, for instance, carbon dioxide is 100 years or more. And we have produced so many fresh ones. So by the time we reduce to the level that they will not affect us, it's going to be a long time. Mm -hmm. But let me give an example of why we are, we are concerned about climate change. We have just gone through coronavirus. We still do not know whether it was man-made or animal-made. But we know that it is just one virus which has come. There will be many more viruses or epidemics or like that which will follow if we do not put limit to the resource use, if we do not restore the environment to accommodate all species. And most likely, as food becomes scarce, dwindles, we will begin to eat even trees which we should not eat, okay? We will begin to eat animals which we should not eat. We, sh we, should, we will begin to eat birds and insects that we should not eat. And all of these have diseases which are unique to them. And as we divert our diet into those things, the more epidemics will come. So it is a fight for life. I don't want to scare everybody, but we have to give hope by minimizing the production of these greenhouse, greenhouse gases and restore the environment to the state where we can survive, all of us survive, including the, 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 the species I've talked about. Okay. As we wind up, do you think Kenya has done enough or is doing enough to reduce uh, the emission of greenhouse gases? Well, uh, <coughs> In the area of uh, uh, mitigation, we have started the wrong way, the, the right way, pardon. We have started the right way. In the area of mitigation, uh, adaptation, we have just scratching the surface. We have not done enough. Mm -hmm. We need to increase the adaptive methods and uh, system and increase it more by doing other things, for instance, our rivers are now polluted, and those rivers are polluted by us. We have to clean them up. Our lakes are polluted. We have to begin cleaning them up. Our ocean front are not only rising up, but the fish has gone to the deeper end. We have to bring the fish back to the shallow end so that the fisher people, the fishermen, can catch fish without sophisticated gears that will require them to go into the deeper side of the ocean. Mm -hmm. These are activities that we can do, and I'm sure we will be able to do them. Okay. This week is the budget week. The, the, the CS of um, finance will be tabling this, year, the, uh, this year's budget in Parliament on Thursday. Any expectations when it comes to climate change and global warming from that budget? I don't expect anything. I'll wait until I see it. But so far, 
climate has been subtle. The, 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 the CS uh, way of making us uh, fight climate is to raise the price of fossil fuel. And uh, I hope he doesn't raise it because he has reached the limit to uh, the height where he can raise it. If he raises it, then the economy will suffer. Okay. Mm. Thank you very much, Prof. Uh, Thank you. For your time, you. for Thank sparing you. time to come and have this conversation with us. Yes. For our listeners, that's it uh, for this podcast. Today's uh, topic was disasters and climate change. And I'm sure you've learned a lot on what is happening and what needs to be done to mitigate uh, climate change and global warming. Until next time, goodbye.